picture this. You're in your bedroom. The lights are off. Music is playing in the background. You're holding your phone above your face, and you get on TikTok, and for what seems like just a few minutes, ends up being an hour of scrolling from one video to the next. Randomly, you come across a video of a of a happy couple. You know they're playing with each other, laughing, and for a second, you feel the joy of their relationship, the passion, the warm love, the comforting peace of another person. You feel all of those emotions as if you were the one in the relationship. The dream shatters when you're quietly reminded of where you really are in the quietness of your room. The darkness in the room is an easy comparison to how you feel on the inside. Ironically, the phone that promised you'd be connected to others left you feeling alone. Unfortunately, that's how many of us feel. Millions of young adults across the world spend hours on their phone, seeing people, texting, FaceTiming, but at the end of the day, feel alone. Why is that? More importantly, how do we deal with it? The Harvard Gazette shared the results of a study done in 2021 that showed 61% of Americans aged 18 to 25 had experienced high levels of loneliness at some point in the month prior. The question remains, how do we deal with loneliness? I'm Josh Cave, and I've asked this exact same question. In fact, I've spent my entire life asking questions. Those questions have led me into a lot of study and even earning a bachelor's degree in Bible and theology. Today, I'm joined by my wife, Molly Cave. In this episode, we'll discuss how we've dealt with loneliness, because this is something that I experienced a lot, especially when I was single. It can be very challenging, and it can lead to feelings of depression and anxiety. And we want to help you from our experience and what we've found to work in our lives and through research. Before we go into that, let's cue the music. Welcome to the After Youth Podcast, where we answer the most challenging questions asked by every Christian young adult. Let's dive in. Let's start right here with answering the question, why do we feel lonely? When I was in high school, I felt lonely quite a bit. I will admit right here that I was homeschooled, and so that could have played a role in some way, but I think there was more to it than that. I had friends. I, I had a lot of people that I could text and talk to. And there were days that I would go all day texting people. We would have a ton of conversation. But at the end of the day, there were many times that I still had that deep, dark feeling of, of loneliness whenever I was at home. Occasionally, I didn't have to be at, at home. I could be in a large group of people, many of them. I knew their name and I could still feel that loneliness. Does that mean that, you know, I'm just a, I'm an introvert and uh, I can't feel at home in a bunch of people? No, I, I think it means more that we can feel loneliness no matter where we are or what we're doing. And I believe there are several reasons that I and many others experience loneliness in a very powerful way. 
believe it or not, one reason is because we have too many friends. When I was in high school, I, I probably had 300 plus friends on Facebook. And for most of those, that was the deepest connection we had. Maybe we had seen each other at an event, we went to church together, or had several mutual friends. But regardless of the reason that we connected on Facebook, um, it wasn't because we truly connected in real life. So I had a lot of people that knew of me, but not a lot of people that knew me on a deep and personally satisfying level. And that's a problem that a lot of people have. In a study done by Duke University and the University of Arizona, 25% of Americans report having no confidants, nobody they could talk to about their problems. 19% say they have just one. That means that almost half of Americans have one or less person they feel like they can talk to when they're going through something. Now, this study was done all the way back in 2006, and I truly believe that those numbers have changed drastically and not in a positive way. Since 2006, we've become more distant with people, not closer. And the result of all that is many people feel distant from others and feel alone. Another reason that we find ourselves lonely is as a generation, we've lost our ability to truly connect with people. Have you ever been at a gathering for young adults or with youth? Everybody's sitting around at different tables or chairs, and they're, they're all looking down at their phone. You, you have that picturesque moment of everybody stopping, and, and you look around, and nobody's looking up and having any kind of conversation. And I'm not just doing that thing that adults do where they complain about how, you know, all them youngsters over there sitting on their phones. Because I'm pointing at myself here too, you know, I do the same thing. I'll be sitting at lunch or dinner on my phone. And it's something that I think, it's something that I think our entire generation is guilty of. For me personally, I'm kind of an introverted extrovert. In that I enjoy talking and being around people, but I don't think I'm always great around new people. At times, I struggle with that awkward first conversation, just like really everybody does. You know, that conversation where you're trying to make small talk in some way so that you can get to know somebody, but you always end up walking away being like, I really messed that one up. Yeah, I just said something really stupid. And I think everybody feels that way from time to time. But for me, just like everybody else, I find it a lot easier to pull open Messenger or Snapchat to send that same person a private message rather than trying to engage in a conversation. And obviously this is just a, an observation from my own life, but from what I've talked to with other young adults, I feel like this has been an ongoing trend and likely is picking up speed due to COVID. And that's certainly not to say that phones are bad or, or being able to connect with people all over the world is a bad thing. But I think we need to identify our strengths and weaknesses as a generation. If we're struggling to build new relationships because of our phones, maybe we need to change how we're interacting with people. But Molly, I want to pause right here for just a second. In your life, how have you seen interactions with other people? 
you know, how do you think phones and technology have impacted our interactions? Yeah, I definitely think that, um, you know, the interactions with people that I've experienced, that I see other people, I definitely think that phones, you know, there's, like you said, there's nothing wrong with a phone. There's nothing, I, I don't want to say I love my phone, but I utilize my phone quite a bit. But I definitely think that they play such, they've almost become like a security blanket for people in interactions with others. Like, I'll be the first to tell you that whenever I'm out in public and I, you know, maybe don't want to interact with somebody or, you know, a group of people that I just, I'm like, I'm going to be awkward, awkward in this. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hide behind my phone, maybe pull up a game or flip through my calendar and my, you know, messages, you know, acting like I'm working on my phone or something like that. Because, and that's like, just kind of putting a guard up almost not wanting to be open and interact with people. And again, there's nothing wrong with these people. It's just, I, I've become so closed off, I guess, sometimes because I don't want that interaction because I'm afraid I'm going to screw up or it's going to see a part of me that I don't want them to see. Yeah, or just that whenever you talk to somebody in public or you're not expecting it, you can feel that that pressure to say something, you know, be ready on your feet to say something. And just we don't want to get caught off guard and say something silly or say something that'll embarrass us later. I really like the term security blanket there because I think that's where we all find ourselves. It's it's not that we need to be doing something on our phones, but it's easier to do something on our phones. And so it's it's made it more difficult to build relationships and things like that because there was a time where that was the only option. <laughs> uh people people were forced to to have conversations like that rather than be on their phones. So I think that's a really good point. The last thing I want to bring up here as far as why we feel lonely, and I think this is really the most important, is that we all have a God-given desire for community and relationship. First, the desire for relationship is is why that statistic on confidence is so eye-opening to me. If we don't have people in our life to if we don't have people in our lives that we feel comfortable sharing about our lives, then, then we don't have relationship like God intended. We're going through life carrying our own burdens, and we, we were never designed that way. And that was how I felt whenever I was single and living at my parents' house. Somebody could have asked me how I could feel lonely when I was surrounded by my family, people I cared about and people that cared about me. But even though I was surrounded by family all the time, I desired for somebody that truly understood me and knew me for who I was and chose to be around me. Because don't get me wrong, my my family is great, but they don't, they have to be around me. They don't have a choice. They're stuck with me. Um, and I think we all have that desire to have relationship and close friends outside of family. And when I got married, that feeling changed. I, I had somebody that really understood me and I was able to talk to Molly about my life and the things that I cared about. Now she doesn't have a choice. She has to stick with me. But, uh, but at the time it was her choice, you know, whether she hung out with me, whether she didn't. And as I've gotten to know people in my adult life, I have other friends too, that I'm, I'm very close with. And those relationships outside of my marriage help too, because um, 
because it gives different perspectives, different people that I can talk to about different things because Molly can only handle talking about football so often. The close relationships with family is very important, but I think all of us have that desire deep down in us for friendship, for intimate relationship with a with a spouse. And I believe that God created us that way. And that desire for close relationship is well documented in Scripture. If you look at the first book of the Bible, Genesis, you can see that the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone in Genesis 2.8. So from the earliest days of man, it's clear that God placed a desire in man for fellowship and relationship. All of that to say, you need people that you can talk about and share your life with. Whether it's a friend, pastor, mentor, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, coworker, it doesn't matter what role they play in your life. It's just somebody that cares about you and that you can truly trust and share your life with. And I also believe that God has placed in each one of us an internal desire for community, whether we know it or not. Because it's one thing to have a couple of very close friends, and that's really important. But but it can be really valuable, too, to have a community of people that are growing and working together. One doesn't replace the other, but we have a close, we have our close friends, and then we also expand out and have a community of people that we can rely on. In an article on Christianity.com, they share a brief story about a trip to Alaska. The author took a trip up to Alaska And there was a conversation about going hiking. Obviously, there's a lot of wildlife in Alaska, and not all of it's friendly. The author asked, what about the bears? The person native to Alaska said, attacks usually happen when people go by themselves. That's what happened to a woman last week. She was running alone and got caught between a cub and a mama bear. And the author said, We don't need to go hiking while we're here. We don't need to go risk all that. And the other person said in response, we're safer if we all go together. We're better together. And we've already done a podcast episode talking about why church is so important, why going to church and being in that community is important. So I'm not going to go into all of that. But it is important to note, though, that Christians were not designed to go through life by ourselves. At the earliest time in church history, in the early parts of Acts, We find that the church was deeply connected in fellowship and community. They were sharing life together. A lot of them sold their possessions to be able to support one another. And why are we designed for community? Because just like that short story, we're safer together. We're really vulnerable on our own. Think of the times that you felt depressed and lonely. I would would bet that most of those times were not when you were a in a bunch of people whenever you were hanging out with people that you cared about. The reason is the enemy likes to get in our ear and get to us whenever we're isolated, whenever we're by ourselves. Just like that story with the bears, whenever you're by yourself, it's dangerous, but we're safer together. And also, outside of just being safe, I believe that the world can be changed when a community of people work together for some purpose. Whenever people gather together, and work toward one thing. And the church can make a huge difference when they're defined by the characteristics of of a verse like 2 Peter 3.8. 
in it they had unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. If you have a community like that, nothing can stop it. And more than all of that, this is the life that Jesus lived. And I think we're supposed to emulate it. Jesus showed us the value of community and close relationships because he had 12 disciples. You know, we know about them. He loved and he cared about them. And they all cared for each other. They worked together, ate together, and lived together. They were a community. But Jesus had three really close friends out of that group. Out of those 12 disciples, he was particularly close with Peter, James, and John. Those three were able to experience intimate moments in the life of Jesus that the other nine didn't get to experience. It's not because Jesus loved them less. These were his close friends. And I believe that we can see in our own lives that we have the same desires that Jesus seemed to live out, that we want to be part of a community that genuinely care for one another. But we also want and need to be in close relationship with a couple of people, not 300 on Facebook, but two or three. But now that we know why we feel lonely and where that desire for relationship and community comes from, and we've seen some ways that we distance ourselves from relationships today with our phones, with not interacting with other people, with having surface level relationship. Now we come to the real question today. How do I deal with loneliness? And right here, I'm going to give you five steps for dealing with and growing through loneliness. Like I said before, I've, I've totally been there. I have been there through my life, and I've gone through those feelings of loneliness. I know it's real, and I know it's painful. So each step that I list off here keeps that in mind. I'm not, it might not work for everybody, but it's the best thing that I could, I could find to try to help you through what you're going through, process and grow through your loneliness. The first step is not to panic. That sounds simple and easy, but it's really important because sometimes when we're having a bad day and struggling with loneliness, we can end up making really bad decisions. How many stories have you heard of where people were getting back together with their ex because they had a bad day or they were lonely that day? Things like that can often be the case because we can't make good decisions when we're in the middle of a difficult emotional time. And the first thing to do, whatever you're feeling lonely, is to breathe. Don't panic. And don't do anything that you're going to regret later. The second step is to consider why you're feeling lonely. Are you wishing you had a really close friend? Wishing you were in a relationship? You're just bored. We've talked about a lot of the reasons that people end up feeling lonely, but I think it's really helpful if you can identify the reason that you're struggling right now. If you feel lonely and you don't ask why, you really can't fix the problem. You can't identify those areas that you're struggling. You can't change it for the next time. Because if you're wanting a close friend, you can begin to cultivate friendships. If you're beginning to desire a relationship with somebody, if it's the right time in your life, you can begin to search for that person. Hopefully only if you're ready to get married. Don't, don't go wasting people's time. 
But if you're bored, it's probably time to look for a hobby and probably not, you know, scroll through TikTok or something. But regardless of why, you need to know so that you can save yourself later. Step three is to pray about it. Some would argue that this should be the first in the list, but the reason I put it here is because it's the first real course of action taken. The first two steps are really focused on yourself and getting yourself in the right mind. The first step to begin to alleviate the loneliness is to pray about it. Uh, In this step, go ahead and begin to ask God to help you with those feelings, to relieve the overwhelming feeling and pressure of loneliness. Begin to open up your heart up to Him about what you're going through. Our relationship with God should be the closest relationship that we have. And we should utilize that. So step three is to pray about it. Step four, continuing on our path to alleviating loneliness, is to find somebody to talk to or do something you enjoy. Now is the time to break out of the feeling of loneliness, to step away from it. For me, when I was feeling like, when I was feeling lonely or in a dark place, I liked to play video games. And it was even better whenever one of my friends was online or available and we can talk and we could, you know, we could have a good time because it got my mind off of what I was feeling and it helped me to move past it. And hopefully you have another hobby that you can find some joy in, something that you can do to help alleviate some of that. But not everybody has that. If you enjoy being around people, Try to call and talk to somebody that you like talking to. Even better, go out shopping with them or hang out, go somewhere. The goal of this step is to take you out of your own head. And like I mentioned about community, we're safer together. So whenever you plug into somebody else or you do something you enjoy, you begin to feel a little better because you're with others or doing something you like. And finally, once you've gotten past the loneliness, and are feeling a little better, it's time to figure out how you can keep it from coming back later. This is the time to take what you did in step two and run with it. So if you were lonely because you needed a close friend, it's time to go message somebody. If you you need people to be around, it's time to find a community. You know, go plug yourself into if you're needing a close friend, it's time to cultivate that friendship. You know, find a community, find a confidant. You might think that these things are really difficult, but they really aren't as bad as they sound. Because you can become part of a community easily by jumping in on Facebook and finding a a group that talks about stuff that you enjoy. You know, go join a Discord or a subreddit. Just find people with similar passions and plug yourself into that community. Obviously, obviously, if you're not going to church, go and plug yourself into church because that's going to help too. But find people with similar passions so that you can plug yourself into that community. But go ahead and build a closer friendship by sending a message to somebody and just strike up a conversation. Uh, Find a confidant by talking with some people that are older, more experienced than you are. Find someone to connect with. The reason we do all of these is to set ourselves up for future success. We all deal with loneliness sometimes. It's part of life. But the more you can place the right people in your life, the more you have good friends, good community, the less you'll have to deal with loneliness. And when it does come up, you know who to talk to.
So let's go ahead right here and jump into some discussion about this topic. I really want to use this time to talk about how Molly and I have dealt with and processed this feeling of loneliness. But Molly, what is your experience with loneliness like? Um, honestly, looking back, I think I have experienced some type of loneliness in almost every aspect of my life. I mean, I, mean, I guess, you know, since growing up, um, and in mom, if you're listening to this, because I know you probably are, don't worry, you did great. I grew up fine, but just like anybody growing up, you know, I did struggle with this. And um, I think for me, it was more, I did it to myself <laughs> um, because I, I think I kind of touched on it earlier. I didn't want to be vulnerable with anybody else. I didn't know how to trust others, um, how to just be on the fly with other people and, you know, just hold, I mean, I could hold a conversation, but to have those have a friend that could be more than just on a shallow surface. Um, and I did have friends and they were great friends, but I didn't utilize them like I should have. Um, I isolated myself, you know, I had one too many events I went to meaning probably one that month. And I was like, Oh, that's enough for me. I'm opening up too much going to back up from this. Um, and I think I really, you know, and looking back, I really messed it up for myself in developing those vital relationships that I needed um growing up into high school young adult whatever that may be um because you know everybody once you get to junior high high school and young adulthood it's like oh gotta find my uh my significant other gotta find them gotta find them but you miss the points of keeping it finding and keeping those you know those friendships that will carry you through those moments when you don't find that person or you thought you found that person and it didn't work out you kind of you know for me like I wasn't just searching you know out physically searching for someone but I was you know friendship was not on the mind it was more um okay you know friends are great but once I get my significant find my significant other then that's all I need um and I got myself to, what was it, like 22 years old? And I did have friends, but I had never once opened up to anybody about anything. Um, and so finally around that point, um, I forced myself to learn those skills of opening up to others because, and it was hard because I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know what was too far, um, but it was what I needed in order to overcome that loneliness. Yeah, I think you, you make a good point that I didn't really bring up throughout the episode in talking about closing yourself off because I think a lot of us do that where we may have these surface-level friends. We might have 300 on Facebook, but the reason they're surface-level is because we don't allow ourselves to go deeper in that friendship, and and we have to. We can't We can't live our life with no friends at all and i think we try to you know we try to have a lot of surface level people because on the inside i think what we worry about how people are going to view us if they really knew us and i would think part of that goes back to social media that we we always show our highlights and we we don't ever show the bloopers <laughs> and so we worry that if somebody sees our bloopers that they're going to be like i don't want anything to do with that person and so I think that's a really good point. We have to open ourselves up and allow people to see our bloopers, to see the the things that we do wrong, the things that the mistakes that we make. 
Yeah, and, you know, when you say, like you said, opening up and showing our bloopers, once I finally did start opening up to people um, and talking to a certain number of, you know, close friends that I could trust, I realized I was not alone in a lot of things that I thought, oh my goodness, this is, I'm the only person dealing with this. Um, Whatever it was at the time, I realized, whoa, there is like a whole nother community out here that actually struggles with this too. Like I'm actually not unique because I struggle with whatever this is. And it was so um, helpful to know that I'm not crazy and I'm not alone in this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we may do a, a podcast episode on it later because I think it's so valuable. Um, talking about n- not feeling like you're the only one because if there's a whole generation and I, I say this, like I'm not part of the generation I am, but, but we're part of a generation that, that truly feels like we're the only ones dealing with certain things and i believe that that's what's causing so many of the issues in in our society all the mental health issues is because we all feel like we're the only one struggling with something and that's just not the case that's why community that's why relationships that's why having a confidant is so important is because we can share about those things the bible is not quiet about that that we all struggle with the same things and so there's kind of a side note on today's episode, but if you're if you feel like you're alone, go and talk to somebody, man. Send send me a message. You know, talk to us about it. Uh, but don't live your life struggling with something quietly and by yourself, because I think you'll find in opening up that there are other people that are dealing with what you're going through, and just knowing that can be liberating. It can be releasing. Like you're not crazy, you know. Um. Molly, I want to ask you, because I look at loneliness and all of this as a man, and men process things differently. It's just part of part of the difference between guys and girls. But I wanted to ask you, what's your advice specifically to young adult girls that are listening to this? You know, what's your advice to them on how they can process loneliness, especially while they're single? Um. Yeah, and we kind of, you know, we touched on it. Reach out to others. Um, you know, you, it may seem like you are surrounded by happy couples. Um, it's odd, but, you know, I don't know, to quote that Hunter Hayes song, um, everybody's got somebody but me, you know? <laughs> like, it, that's a true feeling. I get that. Um, but they all feel it. I promise you, every one of them has felt it or even feeling it even in a relationship. Um, the feeling of loneliness um, and not connecting with someone. So reach out to friends and, you know, if you want, would prefer somebody, you know, reach out to some single friends, reach out to them so y'all can connect and confide, con- excuse me, connect and um, confide to one another. Because like I said earlier, you know, actually vocalizing it and finding out that others struggle with this and I really don't want to reference Facebook reels or anything like that, but I started somehow it got on my feed, like um, young Christian girls. And there are so many girls out there that have talked about, you know, not having been on a date before, not um, being in a relationship. And I realized, Oh my goodness, I am not the only person out there. So, you know, making that connection, I think step one is huge. And then, of course, like I, like he said earlier, turning to God, praying about it. There are so many times that I would just um, 
you know, I didn't sugarcoat it. I told God exactly how I felt. Um, you know, I didn't like that his plan did not line up with mine. <laughs> so, you know, be honest with him. Not that he's going to change the plan, but he'll work on your heart. <laughs> My takeaway from that is for all the guys out there that are looking for, for good Christian women, they're out there. You just got to go search the Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> probably tiktoks i'm a little i'm like a grandma <laughs> you'll hit the algorithm right they're, they're they're out there somewhere uh one last question how has the internet made a difference in your life regarding relationships um so <laughs> i'm sure everybody out there is probably expecting me to be like oh the internet really messed it up because there's such a disconnect because that's what we've talked about this whole entire time our phones and everything but um i you know once we moved here we moved three and a half hours away from all of our friends and family. And yeah, I can talk to him on the phone and things like that. But I was just feeling very, um, I was actually feeling pretty lonely there for a while. And so Josh mentioned to me a few months back, hey, why don't you join, you know, some Facebook groups of young adult girls, something like that, you know, just to have that sense of community. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, um, what? <laughs> um, so I put it off. And then finally, um, he had talked about some groups he had joined for different podcast stuff and different things. And I was like, I saw what, you know, the kind of fun he was having, getting to interact with different people. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. And so I do, I just go or searched on Facebook, different young adult Christian groups. And I found a couple that I joined and within a few hours, somebody had posted on one of those groups. Hey, I am um, a 25 year old girl. Um, I'm married, no kids, but I'm searching for other like-minded Christian girls, kind of like in the same thing, same experiences that I've had just to kind of relate to and connect with um, anybody out there. And so I mess or I commented on it and I said, yeah, absolutely. And I gave her my information. And so we started talking and that's been going on for about a month or two now. We text each other almost daily, check in on each other. We vent to each other. <laughs> we, um, we share in our fun moments, our frustrating moments. Um, when we want to, you know, vent about our husband, <laughs> whatever is going on. <laughs> like right now it's football season. So I tell her that I am, you know, all alone on Saturdays when my husband's sitting right beside me. <laughs> But um, yeah, so it's been an amazing experience connecting with somebody, you know, and she's actually she lives, you know, a few hours away from me, but being able to connect with her and um, to have that relationship with somebody that I could have never experienced otherwise without Facebook and the Internet is actually really amazing. Yeah, it just goes back to the idea that you can find community on online uh just take advantage of you know different things you have in common i think that's a big thing you know technology can be a bad thing if we use it the wrong way but it can also be a very life-giving thing if we use it the right way so i think that's a really cool example and uh to end the episode today i want to remind you of some of the things that we've talked about today uh, first of all there's a huge number of young adults that struggle with loneliness you're not alone uh, COVID certainly didn't help with that, pushing everybody into isolation. But uh, one reason so many young adults struggle with this is because, ironically, we have too many friends and no close friends. Also, we talked about how we have a desire for community and deep relationships. And that 
that desire is given to us by God. So to alleviate loneliness and to help us to grow from it, we offered five steps. One is don't panic. Two, consider why you're feeling lonely. Three, pray about it. Four, find something to do or somebody to hang out with to relieve it in the moment. Five, grow from it. Place people in your life so that it's not as difficult to go through later. And so I just want to thank you for tuning in today. We'll listen to this episode. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. To keep up with everything we have going on and get updates, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, The After Youth Podcast, or on Instagram and Twitter, at After Youth Pod. If you enjoy the content we put out, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This helps us reach more people with what we're trying to do, and we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening every week, and we will see you again next Friday. Thank you.